Welcome back to the Homestyle MMA Podcast. Sean Van Buren here for episode 26. Shout out to all of the listeners or homies checking this out right now. I appreciate all of you. Today we're talking about the upcoming massive pay-per-view event, UFC 281 Adesanya vs. Pereira. Before we dive into that, it's time for the rapid recap of last Saturday, UFC Fight Night Rodriguez vs. Lemos. Let's go. There were a ton of finishes in these fights, with many of them occurring in the very first round, which was very exciting for us fans. They gave us many options for our podcast awards that we give out later in this episode. Let's dive into the rapid recap, starting with Tamires Vidal versus Ramona Pasquale. Even though Vidal was making her UFC debut, she looked every bit of the favorite in this fight. The former soccer player Vidal threw some extremely hard leg kicks throughout this fight. Tamiris Vidal got the impressive first round finish with a jumping switch knee to the body that crumpled Pasquale. Hit her right in the liver, excellent shot, good finish for Tamiris Vidal. Carlos Candelario versus Jake Hadley. Very high paced fight to start this one, lots of speed on display. It was a fairly even fight on the feet with a lot of action, over 100 significant strikes combined in round one, which is really remarkable. Carlos Candelario went for a takedown in round two, and Hadley scrambled very well during the takedowns that they landed with Jake Hadley, actually putting Candelario in a triangle choke. Jake Hadley threw vicious ground and pound elbows from the bottom while locking in the triangle choke for the second round submission win. Ludwig Sholinian versus Johnny Munoz. Sholinian is a national champion wrestler, and he continues to not use it in the octagon. Really confusing. He went one for two on takedowns and was completely outstruck, 56 to 78 in significant strikes. Johnny Munoz fought a smart fight and made sure to throw 100 more strikes to earn his decision win. That's likely the last time we see Sholinian in the UFC unless he can earn his way back to the organization. Poliana Viana versus Jin Yu Frey. Incredible 47 second knockout win for Poliana Viana. Poliana was very patient and just measured her distance, then she brought it with probably a six-strike punching combo with straight shots and hooks coming from the left and right. She got Frey going backwards with the first strike, and she just kept going forward, throwing clean shots until Frey hit the ground, really chased her across the octagon, and Poliana Viana finished it off with two ground-and-pound strikes before Herb Dean had to pull her off. Nearly a flawless night for Viana. Mario Bautista versus Benito Lopez. Lots of kicks being thrown by both fighters to start this fight, particularly strong body kicks by both fighters. Bautista's leg kicks seem to hurt Lopez a little more than what was coming back his way, and Mario Bautista started to really let the combo striking go about two minutes into this fight. Then Mario Bautista got a double leg slam takedown and kept constant top pressure while popping up for ground and pound strikes. He really kept Benito Lopez guessing. Bautista worked his way to full mount, side control, knee on belly, just constant movement on the ground to keep Lopez guessing. But the inevitable occurred when Mario Bautista got the armbar finish right before the end of round one. Miranda Maverick versus Shayna Young. These fighters were very close in skill on the feet. Miranda Maverick won this fight on the ground. Every time she took down Shayna Young, Young would just get stuck there. She couldn't get up, couldn't move, she would just try to defend herself. Miranda Maverick was very close to finishing this fight in each round with ground and pound strikes. 
This was a very one-sided fight in the end because of the dominance that Miranda Maverick had each time this fight hit the ground. Which did happen often, with 5 of 8 of Miranda Maverick's takedowns being successful, and over 9 minutes of control time out of the 15 total minutes of this fight for the Miranda Maverick decision win. Grant Dawson versus Marco Madsen followed that. Omadsen dropped Dawson within 30 seconds of this fight with a very strong right hand punch, but Dawson transitioned to wrestling and began to take control on the ground with offensive wrestling. That became the story of this fight. Dawson ended up getting two takedowns in this fight with over nine minutes of control time. Grant Dawson was relentless with his grappling in this fight because he had such a large advantage on the ground against Marco Madsen. In round three, Grant Dawson really started to let go his striking on the feet as well, and kicked O'Madson's calf so hard that Marco Madsen dropped to the ground for a knockdown. Dawson jumped into full mount and eventually worked his way to a third round rear naked choke submission. Tagir Ulambekov versus Nate Manis followed that. Tagir got an early takedown in this one, and he just looked bigger compared to Nate Manis. Manis cut a lot of weight down to get to this lower weight class, and Tagir was dominant once he got on top with his takedown. During the scramble, Tagir Ulambekov got a deep guillotine submission win early in round one and was just absolutely cranking on that neck of Nate Manis. Efficient night for Tagir Ulambekov with his submission win coming in just over two minutes of action. Derek Miner versus Shailan Nerdambiek. This fight was moved from the prelims to the main card because the Chase Sherman versus Josh Prisian fight was called off. This fight was unfortunate for Derek Miner because he clearly became injured early in this fight. Miner threw a leg kick that appeared to hurt himself, and he fell to the ground. Shailan Nerdambek finished this fight with first round ground and pound, but it appeared that Derek Miner injured his foot or possibly his knee after he threw a body kick, and he just couldn't stand any longer. Neil Bagney versus Daniel Rodriguez. D-Rod struck well on the feet, which is what we have come to expect from his fights. Neil Magny, a veteran of MMA, has such a complete fighting style, and he used his striking, his clinch, his wrestling work throughout this fight. D-Rod did have the power advantage on the feet. He landed some big shots that really seemed to impact Neil Magny. But Magny fought so well with his movement, his striking defense, that he made it a pretty hard night for D-Rod. Magny was like a blanket during the grappling exchanges. Never gave D-Rod a break, constantly attacking and pressuring with wrestling. Daniel Rodriguez was sharper on the feet with his striking. His boxing, very good as we've mentioned, always has been. But Neil Magny was smart enough to use his full MMA arsenal to get this win by third round Darce Choke. It was a very close fight, good matchmaking but ultimately Neil Magny walked away with his hand raised. That took us to our main event, Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Lemos. The striking was a little bit slow to start this fight, but frankly, pretty great even still in this fight. It was a chess match on the feet. If you knew what you were watching, you could see that there were a lot of feints being thrown. Both women are elite strikers in this division, and they were focusing on setting up every strike attempt, trying to gain any little advantage that they could. So while they might have seemed a little hesitant on the feet early, you could actually tell if you really knew what you were looking for in the fine details, there was a very intense chess match going on of these ladies trying to set up strikes, 
trying to get one of them to react to a different movement to try to set up a strike later on in this fight. Marina Rodriguez was a little faster, I thought, and Amanda Lamos was a little more powerful with the striking. Lamos went for a takedown late in round one, but Rodriguez was able to end up on top, and I think it likely pushed that round to Rodriguez on the scorecards. It otherwise would have been very close. Lamos went for a trip takedown in round two, and this time it went well for her, and she was able to continue to press the offense on the ground. She got the back, was working for a rear naked choke. Lamos showed in round two that they were not at the same skill level on the ground. Amanda Lamos was strong on the ground, and she entered round three looking very confident. Amanda Lamos landed a powerful right hook that stunned Marina Rodriguez and drove her back to the octagon cage. Rodriguez brought up her guard to defend herself. Lamos was throwing punches. The ref did jump in and stop the fight for the third round knockout win for Amanda Lemos, and I'm not saying that Amanda Lemos didn't deserve it, but there is some controversy here about the fight maybe being stopped just a little bit early. I do think that it was probably stopped just a few seconds early because Marina Rodriguez did have her hands up when the ref jumped in. She was covering up and defending herself, but I don't think that she'd quite given up the will to fight just yet. Now don't get me wrong, Amanda Lemos was pouring it on, she was throwing constant strikes. She landed the big strike the big strike that started this finishing sequence. I think if you had given Rodriguez a few more seconds just to see if she was about to start striking back, that would have been the preferred action for the ref to do. But either way, I think Amanda Lemos deserved that win with a great performance, and Marina Rodriguez will look to bounce back in her next fight. That wraps up our rapid recap. Let's take a look at our bets. So taking a look at our bets, we did bounce back after a tough weekend last weekend to make it three excellent weekends of betting out of the last four. With UFC prelims, Tamiris Vidal versus Ramona Pasquale, we took Tamiris Vidal Moneyline minus 140 for the win. Carlos Candelario versus Jake Hadley, we had Jake Hadley Moneyline minus 275 for the win. Ludwig Sholinian versus Johnny Munoz, we had Johnny Munoz minus 245 Going back for more two-unit bet win. Poliana Viana versus Jin Yu Frey. Poliana Viana money line minus 139 win. Mario Bautista versus Benito Lopez. I told you I was leaning Mario Bautista, but that we weren't going to place a bet on that one. Guess we should have, because we did get that win, but we did not place that bet. Miranda Maverick versus Shayna Young. Super close to cashing Miranda Maverick by finish minus 110 multiple times in this fight, but unfortunately it did not happen to us for a loss. For the main card, Grant Dawson versus Mark O'Madson. We had Grant Dawson minus 225 for the win. Tagir Ulanbekov versus Nate Manis. We had Tagir Ulanbekov money line minus 225 for the win. Derek Miner versus Shailan Nurdambiek. Fight to not go the distance minus 167 was a win. The Chase Sherman versus Josh Parisian fight was voided. We took the under two and a half rounds. That bet was voided because the fight did not take place. I'm hearing that's been pushed to late November. Neil Magny versus Daniel Rodriguez. Neil Magny, Moneyline, minus 115 for the win. And Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Lemos. We went with Marina Rodriguez, Moneyline, minus 225 for a loss. All in, pretty good night for us in the UFC. We were up 2.982 units, and we went 8-2 on our bets. Our going back for more two-unit bets also went one for one. Certainly a pretty good night for us. 
with our single bets, and we capped it off with a great night with our parlay as well. The Homestyle Perfect Plate parlay of Jake Hadley Moneyline, Johnny Muno's Moneyline, and Tagir Ulambekov Moneyline plus 178 was a win for us. So great night of betting. Three of the last four we've done very well. We're going to look to keep that rolling into the very large card of UFC 281 coming up later on in this podcast. And with that, let's take a look at Verdict and give out some podcast awards. So not a great night on Verdict for us because there was a little bit of confusion and maybe miscommunication. I don't put this on Verdict per se. I should have rechecked the Verdict app prior to the start of the main card, but we missed out on a medal on Verdict. Verdict did trip me up a little bit on Saturday. They had five fights on the Verdict card all weekend long, and then when the Chase Sherman fight fell through, Verdict went down to four fights. Now, I figured the UFC would move a fight from the prelims to the main card for a full five-fight main card, but by early afternoon on Saturday, Verdict still had not updated, so I thought that they were working with only four fights in Verdict for this Saturday. Little did I know, I realized too late they did add a fight on Verdict, so we straight up didn't predict an entire fight. We'll look to bounce back on Saturday. There's a little bit of mix-up, a little bit of confusion with last-minute changes to fight cards, last-minute changes to Verdict. I had a few things going on that I wasn't able to check the app in time, and we missed out on a potential Verdict medal. Is what it is. It's all right. We love Verdict here at the Homestyle MMA Podcast, and we'll bounce back this upcoming Saturday. For the Homestyle MMA Podcast Awards, we're giving out the mac and cheese UFC prelims performance of the night to Poliana Viana because she had a near flawless performance and her finishing sequence of strikes was spectacular. Our chicken and dumplings UFC main card performance of the night is going to Grant Dawson because he out-wrestled a world-class Olympic wrestler in Marco Madsen and gave Marco Madsen his first professional MMA loss via submission. Very impressive performance from those two fighters. There were many finishes on this card, so there were a lot of eligible fighters to win the performance award this past Saturday. But that wraps up all of the action from this past Saturday. It's time to look forward to the highly anticipated UFC 281 pay-per-view, Adesanya vs. Pereira. Let's dive into those early prelims. UFC 281 pay-per-view Adesanya versus Pereira early prelims are going to start at 6 p.m. Eastern time with Carlos Olberg versus Nikolai Nagumarianu. Olberg is four inches taller and coming off of a first-round knockout win. He's won two in a row. Nikolai has won four in a row with his last win coming by knockout. These are very powerful strikers, combining for 12 of their 20 total wins ending by knockout. Don't blink while watching this all-action fight. Olberg uses a heavy leg kick attack, but Nikolai likes to use wrestling as well. And I think Nikolai Nagumarianu will get the win here by using his wrestling and possibly timing a kick to get the takedown. I think Olberg will be stronger on the feet, but Nikolai will dominate him on the ground. Julio Arce versus Montel Jackson follows that. Jackson's three inches taller and has a five and a half inch reach advantage. He's on a two-fight win streak and has won five of his last six in the UFC. Arce won his last fight and has flipped wins and losses going back six fights in a row. 
This is an interesting stylistic matchup. Arce is a striking heavy fighter, and Jackson will go for a ton of takedowns if he needs to. In each of Montel Jackson's last two wins that went the full 15 minutes, he landed 15 for 20 takedowns with 19 and a half minutes of total control time. Julio Arce is a volume striking fighter, but he has the length disadvantage in this fight, and I think that favors the grappling heavy attack of Montel Jackson. Montel Jackson will win this fight and do so using his wrestling and ground control. Michael Trezano versus Shanguo Choi. Choi is taller by an inch and has a 3.5 inch reach advantage. He's on a two-fight losing streak that ended his three-fight UFC win streak. He's 0-2 by submission with both submission losses coming once he got to the UFC. He wants to keep this fight standing and luckily for him, Trezano doesn't use a ton of wrestling. In fact, he rarely goes for takedowns at all. Trezano's on a two-fight losing streak and has only won one of his last four fights. I don't love this fight. I think both fighters are struggling, and they're both fairly one-dimensional with their fighting styles. Luckily, it's striking for both guys, so it will hopefully be an exciting fight. I think it may go long over one and a half rounds, and Senguo Choi will get his hand raised with just a little bit more significant striking volume. Carolina Kowalkowicz versus Silvana Gomez Suarez follows that, and this will be a tough one to watch. Both women have struggled in the UFC. Kowalkowicz ended her five-fight losing streak with submission win in her last fight, but she is 3-7 in her last 10 UFC fights. Silvana Gomez Suarez lost her first two UFC fights by first-round submission and then won her last fight by first-round knockout. We have a lot left to see from Silvana in the UFC as far as her talent level because she's only fought for under 15 total minutes through three fights. That being said, she is a finisher with nine of her 11 wins coming by finish. Karolino Kowalkowicz is not a finisher with only four finishing wins out of her 13 total wins. I think the more dominant fighter, Silvana Gomez Juarez, will get the win in this one. Our last early prelim fight, Matt Frivola versus Otman Azatar. Frivola won his last fight and has faced some really exceptionally strong UFC competition so far in his career, going 3-3-1 in the UFC. He's a tough matchup here against the undefeated Otman Azaitar up next. Azaitar has won both of his UFC appearances by first-round knockout, and he is a powerful fighter. 10 knockouts and 2 submissions in his 13 pro wins. In his two UFC appearances, he has only been hit with nine significant strikes while landing 43. Don't overthink this. Even though Matt Frivola has faced strong UFC competition, I think he does so again, and I think that Ottoman Azaitar gets the win with another knockout. That wraps up our UFC 281 early prelims. Let's take a look at the UFC prelims. The UFC 281 prelims start at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time with Andre Petrosky versus Wellington Terman. After losing in the Ultimate Fighter semifinals, Andre Petrosky has won three straight fights. He's never been to a decision as a pro, with 4-1 by knockout and the same by submission to combine for an 8-2 pro record. Terman has won two in a row with three of his six UFC fights also ending by finish. I just don't see this one going to the judges. 
Both fighters like to use wrestling, but Petrowski is a little more well-rounded in that game, I think. Turman was getting outstruck before he found a submission to win his last fight, and I think that Andre Petrowski will strike well, but more importantly, wrestle extremely well to get a win in this fight. Following that fight is Aaron Blanchfield versus Molly McCann. Blanchfield is the number 12 ranked women's flyweight fighter, and McCann is the number 15 ranked flyweight. We ride with Meatball Molly. She's a big underdog here, giving up four inches in reach. Aaron Blanchfield has won all three of her UFC fights and is on a six-fight win streak. This will be a very tough test for Meatball Molly. Molly McCann is on a three-fight win streak, with her last two wins coming by knockout. Meatball Molly is an exceptional striker, specifically boxer. Blanchfield is a little more of a well-rounded MMA fighter, and the biggest threat to Meatball Molly will be takedowns. In her three UFC fights, Aaron Blanchfield has landed 10 out of 15 attempts with 22 minutes of control time. Aaron Blanchfield is the smart play here. She should use her wrestling to keep Molly down and likely get the win on the ground. She has a significant advantage in the wrestling and jiu-jitsu. We don't care here at the Homestyle MMA Podcast. <laughs> we ride with Meatball Molly McCann. She may be one of my favorite female fighters in the UFC right now. She has an awesome personality, an entertaining fighting style, and the perfect nickname. We ride with Meatball Molly McCann. That takes us to Dominic Reyes versus Ryan Spann. Reyes is the number 7 ranked light heavyweight up against the number 12 ranked light heavyweight in Ryan Spann. This fight's going to be awesome. After taking a break from fighting since May of 2021, Dominic Reyes is making his return to the octagon after losing a razor-close fight to former light heavyweight champion of the world, John Jones, then losing back-to-back -back via knockout. Prior to those losses, Dominic Reyes had not lost as a pro with 12 MMA wins. Ryan Spann comes in having won his last fight by submission and having won two of his last four fights. All of those fights ended in the very first round, and this is striker versus jiu-jitsu. Reyes will have the striking advantage and the power advantage on the feet, but Ryan Spann has won 12 of his 20 professional fights by submission. He can be a big threat to Dominic Reyes on the ground. I know that he hasn't fought in a long time in regards to Dominic Reyes, but I just feel good about him. This fight is a big step down in competition from his last three opponents, no offense to Ryan Spann, it was just those three opponents were John Jones, former champ Jan Blachowicz, and current champ Jiri Pochaska. So Dominic Reyes has faced three straight light heavyweight champions in his last three fights. Granted, they were all losses. He took some time off from the, skate, from the game, from the sport. He's back now, and I think he will get it done here. Also, I think this fight has a lot of implications for Dominic Reyes. He mulled retirement pretty seriously, and I think another loss will likely have him hang up the gloves for good. So Dominic Reyes will be fighting very hard for a win here to try to keep that career going. Our UFC prelims end with Brad Rydell versus Renato Moicano. Moicano is four inches taller. He lost his last fight, ending a two-fight submission win streak. Rydell is coming off of a two-loss streak, both by finish as well. This is an interesting fight. Brad Rydell's weakness is jiu-jitsu, and that is Moicano's strength. I think Brad Rydell will be the faster fighter on the feet with his striking, 
So I think that will push Moicano into getting this fight down to the ground as soon as possible. I don't love this fight from the standpoint of picking a winner. I think Vegas nailed this one with the very close odds. I do give the slight edge to Moicano, but I think that he has to get this fight on the ground to win, or else Brad Rydell will outstrike him on the feet. Very interesting fight. I don't think we're going to take a winner in that fight. I think we're going to sit back and enjoy that one because I do think it could be a thriller. That wraps up our UFC 281 prelims. Let's take a look at the UFC 281 main card. And what's already a fantastic night, we finally build our way up to the UFC main card starting at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. This is a pay-per-view starting with Dan the Hangman Hooker versus Claudio Puelles. Tough fight here because I like number 12 ranked lightweight Dan Hooker. After trying his hand at featherweight, he's back up to the lightweight division. Hooker lost his last two fights and is 1-4 in his last five. Hooker really needs a win to stick around in the UFC. In Dan Hooker's defense, he has been in the cage with some absolute studs in the UFC as a whole. Claudio Puelles lost his UFC debut, but has since won five in a row, including his last two by submission. He has seven submission wins out of his 12 professional wins, and that would be his avenue to victory here. Averaging 2.74 takedowns per fight, Claudio Puelles needs to get this fight to the ground to win. Dan Hooker averages almost two and a half times as many significant strikes landed per minute. I have to go with Dan Hooker here. I know he has been struggling lately, and Puelles has been winning, but Dan Hooker has faced multiple top five fighters in the UFC, and I think that this step down in rankings will be what he needs to bounce back with a win. He needs to be careful on the ground of submissions, but I think that Dan Hooker will strike well on the feet, and wrestle towards the end of rounds to secure a decision win and score points. Next up on the pay-per-view is Frankie Edgar versus Chris Gutierrez. Retirement fight for the former UFC champion Frankie Edgar and current number 12 ranked bantamweight. While that may have been over a decade ago, Frankie Edgar deserves his last fight at Madison Square Garden. He's on a two-fight knockout losing streak and has only won one of his last four fights but that 2019 fight was for the featherweight championship. Chris Gutierrez is no joke, though, for a retirement fight. At 10 years younger, he only lost his UFC debut in the UFC, and he's on a seven-fight unbeaten streak. Edgar was winning his last fight before the knockout in the third round, and he will mix in wrestling to his MMA attack. I think that he would be smart to do so against Gutierrez here because I am nervous of the power that Chris Gutierrez has for him in this one. Gutierrez can knock out Edgar. It will come down to if he can find that shot. This is Frankie Edgar's last fight. He hasn't fought in over a year. I think he fights this one smart, uses a ton of wrestling, and he grinds his way to a win by fighting safely on the feet. I think this fight will go the distance as well, though, because I don't think that Frankie can finish this fight, and I don't, th and I don't think that he will allow himself to be finished in this fight either. That takes us to what some people are saying is the people's main event. This is truly a fantastic fight. We have Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler. This is my fight of the night. This fight could headline a pay-per-view, in my opinion, even without a title on the line. 
These are elite lightweights with the winner likely getting the next title shot. Number 2 lightweight Dustin Poirier is fighting number 5 ranked Michael Chandler for an insane top 5 matchup in the stacked lightweight division. They're surprisingly similar in size, surprisingly because Michael Chandler always looks like the shorter guy in there, even though he is absolutely ripped, absolutely shredded. The guy works out like crazy. If you don't follow Michael Chandler on Instagram, you absolutely should. The guy lives in the gym. Dustin Poirier had his three-fight win streak ended against Charles Oliveira in the lightweight title fight. His last two losses have been for the lightweight title. Outside of those two losses, he is unbeaten in nine fights dating back through 2017. Michael Chandler burst onto the scene after having success in Bellator with a knockout win in his UFC debut, followed by a lightweight title loss, another loss, and then a bounce-back viral knockout win. This is going to be a phenomenal fight. Dustin Poirier is probably one of the best boxers in the UFC, and Michael Chandler is a walking highlight reel with extremely high-level wrestling. Dustin Poirier can hold his own on the ground, though, with his excellent jiu-jitsu. I really wish that this was a five-round war, but we are stuck with just three here. I'm hoping that we see a potential fight of the year candidate in this one, with these warriors giving it their all for 15 minutes. That being said, I think Dustin Poirier will be the next lightweight UFC champion, so I think that he will get the win here in an epic battle with Michael Chandler. That takes us to our UFC title fights. Let's start with the UFC 281 co-main event. The first of our two title fights finds Carla Esparza versus Zhang Wei Li. Esparza is the current strawweight champ looking to defend her title against number two ranked Zhang Wei Li. Wei Li is three inches taller and is a sizable favorite as the challenger. I think it's actually warranted in this fight. I think she has the tools to beat the wrestling dominant attack of the current women's strawweight champion Carla Esparza. Esparza is on a six-fight win streak and has grappled with some of the best strikers in the division to win this title. Zhang Weili is the complete package, though. She has power striking, excellent kicks, and her own offensive wrestling style and jiu-jitsu skills on the ground. This won't be like the Carla Esparza versus Rose Namayumas fight that was no action for 25 minutes when she won the belt. Zhang Weili has no fear. She will go forward, she will bring the fight to Carla Esparza. I think Zhang Weili will use forward pressure to really attack Carla Esparza, wear her down, and find herself in top position around round three with a ground and pound finishing win. Weili is one of my favorite female fighters as well. Very fun fighting style, incredible strength, incredible cardio. Expect Zhang Weili to overwhelm Carla Esparza to win back her UFC strawweight belt by finish. We finish our night off with Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira. The middleweight champion Israel Adesanya looks to defend his belt yet again against the new MMA challenger and number four ranked Alex Pereira. These guys are actually old kickboxing foes sharing the UFC octagon for the first time. In glory kickboxing, Alex Pereira got the upper hand of Izzy Adesanya twice once by decision and the other time by landing a beautiful knockout blow late in the fight to save himself from losing to the judges. This fight will be intense. 
There is very bad blood in this fight, and I am riding with the last stylebender, Israel Adesanya. Let me tell you why. The middleweight champ has not been this hungry for a win since 2019 when he first defended his belt against Robert Whitaker and got the second round knockout. The Izzy that had a dominant run in the UFC from 2018 through his first six UFC fights to capture the belt was just simply a very bad man. He was sharp, he was fast, incredibly confident with himself in the cage. We have not seen that animal in the last four fights or so. I think Izzy has been a bit bored and he needs a new challenge. I think we saw that boredom when he decided to go try to win that UFC light heavyweight title just because he didn't take it super serious, came in way underweight. I think if he did bulk up, he could win that title someday, but he just wanted something different. Took a shot at it, it didn't work out. Went back to middleweight, just kept winning again. Same old, same old for Israel Adesanya. Who better than a former rival who beat you twice already to reignite that fire? Alex Pereira won all three of his UFC fights and was put on a fast track to the UFC championship opportunity. Pereira and Izzy are two of the best kickboxers in the world. This fight will be a marvel to us fans who did not watch their kickboxing fights previously, perhaps. I have gone back and watched those. It was very excellent fights. They're both lightning fast and have a myriad of strikes at their disposal. I think that Izzy will be faster on the feet, but Pereira will have the power advantage. Alex Pereira is super confident heading into this fight and has been talking all kinds of trash for weeks now. Izzy is eating it all up. This is fuel for him. I think a lot of people are expecting Alex Pereira to come in here and beat down Israel Adesanya because Izzy hasn't had the most exciting performances in the cage lately, but this is the fire that Izzy needed someone to light under him. This will bring out the best Israel Adesanya that we have ever seen before, in my opinion. The confident, stylish, brilliant striker that we saw rise up to middleweight champion status. Izzy wins this fight, his superstardom shoots to the moon, and he gets a stunning third-round knockout victory with a well-timed head kick. That is my prediction. This pay-per-view is stacked. The whole card from the first fight on the early prelims through that last fight on the night. It is going to be a long night, everyone. You better buckle in. We are in for a long night, a lot of fights, but I'm telling you, they are all exciting. I will be glued to the TV watching these all night long. That wraps up our predictions for UFC 281. Let's take a look at what bets we're riding with. As always, please bet responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call your state's hotline. Let's dive into it, everybody. I'm very excited for this full, huge fight card lineup, and it starts off with our UFC early prelims. Carlos Olberg versus Nikolai Nagumarianu. We grabbed Nikolai Nagumarianu money line plus 105 as an underdog. Julio Arce versus Montel Jackson. We went with Montel Jackson money line minus 200. That is a going back for more two-unit bet. Michael Trezano versus Shangwu Choi. This is the fight I think we're going to stay away from. We're just going to enjoy it as fans. I am leaning Shangwu Choi money line, but that is entirely up to you. Carolino Kowalkowicz versus Silvana Gomez Juarez. Silvana Gomez Juarez money line minus 105 in what is essentially a pick'em. And our final early prelim fight, Matt Frivola versus Otman Azaitar. 
We are going with Ottoman Azaitar Moneyline minus 115 as a going back for more two-unit bet. That takes us to our UFC prelims with Andre Petrosky versus Wellington Terman. We're going Andre Petrosky Moneyline minus 210. I do think that spread maybe is a little bit wide, but I do still like it. Aaron Blanchfield versus Molly McCann. We're going Molly McCann Moneyline plus 300. I like Meatball Molly. I told you earlier the smart pick is Aaron Blanchfield. So if you want to sprinkle half a unit on there instead of a full unit, feel free to do so. We're going full unit on the podcast because we are ride or die with Meatball Molly McCann. And I'm hoping she gives us our biggest win at plus 300 that we've had in quite some time. Dominic Reyes versus Ryan Spann. We went with Dominic Reyes, Moneyline minus 225. Another spread that I think is probably way too wide. Dominic Reyes hasn't fought in a long time. Ryan Spann has some momentum. I thought that'd be closer to Dominic Reyes, maybe minus 180. We're going to have to take it at minus 225, though I do think he gets the job done. Brad Rydell versus Renato Moicano. Another fight that we're just going to sit back and enjoy. I am leading Renato Moicano money line, but we're not going to take a bet in that one. That takes us to the pay-per-view card lineup with the UFC main card, Dan Hooker versus Claudio Puelas. We are going with Dan Hooker, Moneyline minus 165. He's a surprising favorite to me. I was hoping we would catch him at slight underdog odds. But hey, if I think he's going to win, we're going to stick with him. Frankie Edgar versus Chris Gutierrez. Fight to go the distance at minus 125. Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler. We're going Dustin Poirier, Moneyline minus 225. That's a pretty big favorite, but I actually think that is appropriate in this one. I think it's going to be a great fight. Three-round, complete war, absolute battle, both guys bloody. Michael Chandler having his moments, but ultimately Dustin Poirier being just the impressive boxer that we have seen for a long time now, as well as handling himself quite well on the ground. Our first title fight, Carla Esparza versus Zhang Wei Li. I am so confident in Zhang Wei Li, we're actually going to take her by finish at plus 100. I think she's just going to be able to overwhelm Carla Esparza and find that finish on the ground. Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira will finish off our night. You guys heard my spiel. We are riding with Izzy, Israel Adesanya, Moneyline minus 186. Let's go ahead and talk about the Homestyle Perfect Plate Parlay. We're going with three people just to win. Andre Petrosky, Moneyline, Dustin Poirier, Moneyline, and Zhang Weili, Moneyline plus 166. I liked those fights. That way you have one on the prelims, two on that UFC main card pay-per-view. It's going to be very exciting. I highly recommend that you buy this pay-per-view or check it out if you are interested at all in the UFC. I think we will be very pleased when this night ends with the excitement, with the action. I do think one belt will change hands with the Carla Esparza versus Zhang Wei Li fight. And I am hoping that Israel Adesanya, in a way, kind of shocks the world and defeats Alex Pereira. I know Izzy is a favorite, but people are acting like Alex Pereira is just going to absolutely starch him in the cage and put him to sleep. Certainly that could happen, but I think this brings out the best that we have seen of Israel Adesanya. That wraps up our bets. That wraps up UFC 281. It's time to go ahead and wrap up the podcast. As always, please bet responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call your state's hotline. I'll be posting my verdict scorecard predictions prior to the events on social media for the podcast. Please go follow at the Homestyle MMA Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. 
and at HomestyleMMAPod on Twitter. Check out www.thehomestylemmapodcast.podbean.com for additional information about the podcast. We're going to keep growing on social media. Guys, get involved. This is a huge pay-per-view card. If you disagree with anything, please feel free to let me know. I'd love to discuss with you your thoughts and opinions. This is going to be a great card. I want us all to enjoy it. Feel free to interact and engage. Follow the podcast on Verdict as well. It's the Homestyle MMA podcast on Verdict if you'd like to follow our picks through there. We have great interaction with them. They constantly post our picks on their Instagram stories, Twitter. They'll retweet our picks. Facebook, they'll put us into their Facebook story. Really, a lot of respect to the Verdict community and the people running Verdict. I appreciate all the shine that they have put on the Homestyle MMA podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, like, comment, and review. Next week, we will do a rapid recap from this card and preview UFC Fight Night, Lewis versus Spivak. The heavyweights, the big boys, are headlining that fight night. It should be excellent. Till next time, this was Sean Van Buren on the Homestyle MMA Podcast. Y'all have a good one.